Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the Dragon Egg Collector, Josh Finney. Oh, my God. Man, it is. It has been a week collecting those dragon eggs already. Yeah, this has been this has been an, this has been a really busy week, like for for us making content. Yeah, we we had Xbox Casuals on Monday. We woke up. I woke up. I chose to sleep in on Monday because I wasn't feeling great. Woke up to the news that Destiny Final Shape has been delayed. Yeah, my my phone and everybody in the world who has my Discord app was blowing me up. Um, Tuesday we had a season drop. Yesterday, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to get through some. I'm trying to get through more activities. Trying, trying to get uh, as many mods as I can because the dungeon drops in the morning. So I'm gonna be grinding some more tonight. I'm probably gonna be up late tonight grinding, uh, or on very early tomorrow grinding some stuff out. Really trying to get that out, get that Argent Ordinance mod before everything launches. Man, it has just been. It, it is. It has been a week already. Yeah. Editions, uh, personal stuff. Yeah, it's been a. Uh... Man, this is the busiest I've been at work in like a in a while. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we're we've been busy like the last few months, but this is we were like super busy. But it was also like the last event of the year for us, so everything's kind of <laughs> hopefully in the next couple of weeks will slow down. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. Plus the holiday, like we didn't record last week, which kind of feels like three years ago at this point. <laughs> uh but anyways yeah i uh josh i got a new tv you did get a new tv josh i'm really excited you know why why well first of all i fixed the audio issue remember on monday i was complaining about the audio issue fixed it fixed it uh guess what josh destiny looks awesome especially with the 40 lights i got from my tv it looks amazing Man, there we've had a we've had a good couple of weeks here. Remnant Two stealth dropped last night on Game Pass, like in the middle of an excessively busy week and holiday season. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna have time to play this before Christmas, um, because I'm trying to prioritize getting to Alan Wake and Baldur's Gate before Christmas. Yeah, at least like playing ch- a good chunks of them so that I can like discuss them for Game of the Year. Because to realistically think I'm gonna finish Baldur's Gate is insanity. Yeah. Um, I just like I. It's funny. I was, I was having a game of the year conversation with uh, our friend Ray yesterday, and uh, me and him will be doing a game of the year stream the week of uh, Christmas week. We'll be doing it uh, a couple days after. And uh, we we were talking, and I says, you know, there there's three of us that are going to be on the panel. I was like, man, my top ten is going to be so radically different from everyone else's because I haven't been able, I haven't been able to play Baldur's Gate. I haven't been able to play Alan Wake yet. Those are like the two biggest games I've missed so far this year. And he was like, dude, it doesn't even matter. He's like, everyone's is going to be so radical. He's like, all of us are trying desperately to catch up on the indies that we've missed with all the massive AAA games. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I need to get the Resident Evil 4 remake, which just came in the mail. When none of us have been able to play Remnant 2 yet. Uh, it's it's crazy. I've got, I've got a list of like eight games that I want to play big chunks of. And I just don't think I'm going to get to any of them. Yeah. I mean, realistically. <laughs> At least we're taking a couple weeks off. Like, I mean, we're taking a couple weeks off. Uh, my other podcasts are taking uh, the yeah. last two weeks of December off and then the first week of January. Uh, so hopefully we'll have time to catch up. But I mean, I know you're kind of doing some other stuff, but. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to be so busy over the break. Like it, it is a break, but I'm going to be I'm going to be real busy during this break. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. <sighs> you know what else is going to be busy, Corey? Or rather, I should say not as busy. Destiny. Is the next seven months in Destiny 2. Yeah. Can't wait. Let's, Man, they, uh, they sure have something big planned for us because of the delay, right, Josh? Oh, my God. Okay, so we're, we're going to launch right in on this. Uh, we, we have to start here with the news that has come down from Bungie and from Joe Blackburn that the final shape confirming Jason Schreier's report almost a month ago, almost exactly one month today, the final shape has been delayed to June 4th, 2024, coincidentally, my 32nd birthday. Um this did not come as a shock to anybody who trusts Jason Schreier's reporting. At this point, don't I would never bet against Jason Schreier and something that he reports. Right. Um, this is a guy who, you know, we we talked about this on Xbox Casuals. He doesn't not that I like doubt people who write for like GameSpot or IGN or anything, but there's like varying levels of reporters that I trust at those institutions. Yeah. Jason works for fucking Bloomberg. Like Bloomberg, I know that people distrust media. They don't actually make shit up. Those are called opinion articles. Like, when you're actually reporting, it's because you have sources. They're not going to tell you who their sources are, because guess what? There's a thing called source confidentiality. Yeah. So it's it's been very funny seeing the Destiny community have to be like, oh, Jason's talking about our game now. Because it almost never goes good if Jason Schreier's reporting on your game. Like, it's mm-hmm. never a good thing ever like i think we all remember the cyberpunk 2077 incident of 2019 or yeah. 2020 where we were all con- everybody was so convinced that he had no idea what was going on at cd project red and like three months later everybody was like backtracking like oh i'm sorry jason uh, i'm really sorry can you unblock me now um so whatever you may think of him personal professional his conduct on social media whatever he's probably the most reliable newsbreaker in the industry yeah has been since he was at kotaku um man this is this is a crazy delay seven months for the record this season will only be one week longer than season of the lost was it doesn't feel like it right now because we were already mentally prepared for season of the lost to be as long as it was and we already knew a 30th anniversary pack was coming right Plus, we had been told in February of that year, um, right as uh, Chosen was launching, as a matter of fact, Season of the Chosen was launching during Beyond Light, we were told uh, in the last real state of the game we got before this last year that, hey, we're going to go ahead and preemptively tell you that Witch Queen is not going to launch in, you know, September, October, whatever, um, or you know, what November, I guess, was what it would have been uh, if you had had a traditional three-month season. We're, we're going to push this to Q1. We're going to push this to February, February, March timeframe um, to give our guys more time. At this point, the, the question I want to pose to you is, should they just adopt like a 15, 16 month development schedule? Because it's clear that they need it. I think I think what they should do, honestly, is do it, especially with Marathon coming out. And I think people may be losing a little bit of interest in Destiny a little bit. Yes. 100%. Um, I think they should do a two year cycle personally give us give us six episodes in between the hardcore players can play the episodes and then maybe like the first one of the new year like uh you know the in between years of a non-expansion year have like Mm -hmm. a some sort of bigger drop than normal but not quite that's kind of like what world of warcraft does they come out with a new expansion every two years they have updates in between and i know like they're on a subscription model plus they pay for the expansions but uh I mean, if you're paying for the episodes, that's 
kind of almost replacing that plus all the microtransactions that they <laughs> want to sell, including the new starters pack, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to get to that. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that would be kind of like a good pacing. Uh, that way you're not rushing to get something done and then announcing a delay. And then, uh, you know, and I think that would be enough time to get people excited again, you know, for, for destiny. Uh, you know, if you, you take a year off, Oh, a new expansion is coming out. I'll check it out. You know? And then, so here's, I I don't necessarily disagree with you because I do think a two year cycle would be massively beneficial for this game at this point. Mm -hmm. The problem is I don't think they can afford to do it. Yeah. That blizzard blizzard Mm -hmm. can do it because they have other sources of revenue. And like, you know, you mentioned the subscription model, but beyond that, they had Diablo, they have StarCraft, they had, you know, even if you look back to 2004 when World of Warcraft came out, they started doing that every two years. Overwatch. That they, well, yeah, now they have Overwatch. Well, they don't really have too much Overwatch these days. Um, you got Hearthstone, you've got things like that that are bringing in the money. I think it becomes a little bit, and especially now with the Microsoft backing, like do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like you have WoW Classic going also. Uh, nerds can be jumping into WoW Classic. He's been talking to me about that the other day. Um I think that that's radically different than Bungie where Destiny is their only product. There's no guarantee. And this, this is what we kept coming back to all year, right? right. When people are like, oh, Bungie's abandoning Destiny for Marathon. I'm like, no, they're not. There's no guarantee Marathon's yeah. going to be good. And at this point, I do not feel confident at all giving them money for Marathon. Yeah. Um, even well, if that is yeah. truly a free-to-play game like has been reported, um, I do not feel confident paying for even a battle pass in that game right now. I extraction shooters are notoriously hard to sell folks on yeah um tarkov has been in beta for like six years now yeah um every other extraction shooter i've ever played has been pretty bad there's you mean you didn't like rainbow six extraction no i thought it was complete dog shit and i think that's where the reputation that xbox can only get new AAA releases on game pass i think that's one of the games that really started the trend of like oh they can only get them if they're like super mid um they got Outriders Game of the Year, twenty twenty one. God, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't like the DMZ mode in Call of Duty. I know that a lot of people do. Um, I don't like how Zombies has adopted extractions and extraction, extracting loot and things like that. I don't like that. Um, I'm just. I'm not a fan of. The, I wasn't a fan of the Dark Zone in Division. I think the Dark Zone is probably like the closest thing that's like ever come to doing this correctly in terms of an extraction looter shooter. Um, you know, because you, you mix in the PvP of it all, and uh, P- there's PvE and PvP in it. What I worry about is, you know, now we know... So, uh, this is being confirmed. That that all but confirms the other part of the report, which is that Marathon is a 2025 game. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that you're probably right that we don't see an expansion. We may not see an expansion in 2025, like, no matter what Bungie is saying. I do think there's some validity to, you know, we keep saying we feel like they're lying when they say that destiny three is not in the works. I think like that is one way they would be able to inject money back in, but destiny three again is like kind of a, kind of a rocky road here because if you do that, you, you have to do it in a way that we get to bring all our shit with us. We can't, we can't restart again. If you have to restart again, I guarantee you that most of the hardcore player base is going to say no, we're, we're done. Um, we're, we're, I feel like the community is really reaching a tipping point with the game because it's been a seesaw even this week, right? So we get this announcement. Yeah. They do a community summit on Monday morning with right. a lot of content creators and stuff. I saw creators from like two that have like two thousand followers to you know Datto sized being right. part of that meeting. And 
they shared a lot of the things that would be shared in the blog post about the delay and about the season and, uh, you know, what Joe was able to talk about. It was on Monday or Tuesday. I, I don't remember which day. I guess it was. It might have been Tuesday morning. I don't really remember. My, my timeline is so fuzzy this week. But one of those two days, they, they did a little community summit. They were able to talk about everything. They were under NDA. Um, and it was like, okay, so so you're, you're owning up to the fact this is going to get delayed. Yeah. Okay. So... Let's talk about what they said in the in, in this post. So they, they come in and they say, um, Season of the Wish begins tomorrow and will extend until the launch of the final ship in June. The majority of content and narrative for Season of the Wish will run from late November to February as originally planned. The team is adding new con available for uh, content available for all players to jump into until the launch of the final ship. So it's a seven-week story, uh, we can tell from the Triumphs. This, uh, if you take off the three weeks for the dawning, this story is probably done by Valentine's Day. Roughly. Mm-hmm. That's not the worst thing in the world, but that is going to be a really long wait because I, re- now they say the majority of content and narrative. I really hope that we're not waiting until the last two weeks of May, which is a notoriously busy time for like everybody in the world mm-hmm. to drop like the oh, breaking Savathun out of the crystal thing, you know? Like, let's not leave that mission until then when people are going to potentially miss out on it. Right. Um, that's that's my biggest concern, I think, going into it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to... I don't, I don't want to do six weeks of this and then have to wait literally five or six months to see the ending of the season. That, that kills all hype and momentum. Just rip the Band-Aid off and get it done. Um, you know, we can, we can ponder in universe and stuff like, cause there's no right way to do this. There's no way that you can do this, but I think lost showed us there is a wrong way to do it. (laughs) Um, where we had everything except for that final mission done for three months. That's the wrong way to do it. Yeah. And at least there you had, I mean, you, you had a couple things to pad it out, right? You had, you had, um, festival of the lost. We had dawning. We had 30th anniversary. You had a lot of things there to pad it out. What they're going to do to pad this out. In February, we're introducing new weekly progression-based quest called Wishes. I have no idea what this looks. This could be something really cool that adds to the world. Maybe it like it adds on to an event that we're going to talk about later on called the Coil. Maybe it adds some some uh, some different you know avenues for that. Maybe some new difficulties. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like this could be anything from that to, Hey, here's, you know, a quest that lets you earn like a thousand bright dust a week, which by the way, you should totally do Bungie. There's a free idea for you. Give away free bright dust during the seven month season. You, you need to get some goodwill. Let us earn a whole ass of ass load of bright dust. Just let us do it. Let everybody go into the final shape with like 15,000 bright dust for free. Um, And then uh, Moments of Triumph is going to launch as well. That, of course, you know, that always brings some people back in. Um, Guardian Games is going to be moved up to March, which they didn't really have a choice here. You kind of had to. And it says it's a renewed focus on Class V class competition. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Guardian Games isn't really, like, the thing that I go, fuck yeah, let's anchor a whole month with this. Maybe the Euro- European Aerial Zone is a new new uh, Trials oh, map. I swear to fucking God. <laughs> at least, I will say, like, at least Guardian Games, like, you can use existing content with that, and, like, you can actually focus on those Class V class systems. Um, there are cool ways to do it. I think this would have been a really cool opportunity to bring back Crimson Days. February's going to be pretty dead. Why not? Yeah. Of course, that's not going to happen. That would be a good thing. Um, 
here's the part that I'm most intrigued about. In April, beginning in April, we're delivering a two-month content update available to everyone called Destiny 2 Into the Light, which will prepare players for their Guardian's journey into the Traveler. So, this, again, this could be a really cool thing, like, on the level of the April update from the Taken King. I, we all remember that. W large, the April content update probably saved Destiny. Destiny 1. Like, mm -hmm. Taken King was good, but people were falling off big time a month or two in. And then you had the yeah. April update, which really tackled like core mechanics and core playlists and things like that. And that combined with rise of iron, uh, three or four months later really helped buoy destiny one, um, until the age of triumph and all that. Yeah. If this was essentially the equivalent of age of triumph for destiny two, I think that's probably the best case scenario. Um, my, my, my wish list for this, because here, here, here's where I get, here's why I'm concerned in Joe's video. He, he doesn't really say anything that like, we don't get out of the blog post until he gets to this. He says, we want this to be something that whether you have invested 5,000 hours in destiny two, or you're getting new friends and family members to play destiny two for the very first time that everyone will be prepared to face the final shape together. That fucking scares me because every time Bungie has said that it has been something that's fallen flat on its face. Yeah. Anytime they've been like, this is something for everyone. It's the best time to jump in. Remember how we thought New Light was going to be good? <laughs> like, so for me, they I, I gave come us back... the best character in the game in Shahan, though. Jesus fucking Christ. We, we, we I, I keep coming back to things that have been said in the past. One is Luke Smith addressing New Light a couple of years ago, and he says anything with New Light, a New Light revamp, likely would have to wait until post and this was before they had formally announced the final shape if i'm remembering the timeline would have to wait till post lightfall maybe it was post final shape i don't really remember but it's one of the last times we heard from luke smith publicly mm -hmm. um i may be misattributing maybe joe blackburn said it i'm really sorry if i misattributed it joe but somebody said it somebody said it and we'll see what happens um the best case scenario here for me is that it is age of triumph is that it is it would be cool if like, yeah, like you said, like Age of Triumph, but like really dig into like, you know, all the dungeons, all of the raids, all like, you know, do this many nightfalls and kind of follow a almost like almost like follow a story to prepare them, even though yeah, not, th this is the worst case in. scenario. Yeah. Um, and I it's probably the most likely to which really scares me. In an ideal world, the way that Joe phrased it makes me think this is Age of Triumph. And I think if you're going to do an Age of Triumph style thing for, and I'm glad they're not calling it that because that sets insanely high expectations. I think that something that you do, because Fire, I suspect this will be when Fireteam Finder officially launches out of beta. Yeah. I think that's coming with this, this update. Yeah. The long-awaited playlist updates that we've been promised for like a year. Mm-hmm that were supposed to come with season of the wish. And then we're pushed back to final shape. We were calling for it last week. Make that a February update. I hope that that's part of this. Um, introduce craftable weapons to garden of salvation and vault of glass. The two raids that don't have it yet. Mm -hmm. The last call I would make is unvault the campaigns. Unvault the Red War. You can streamline the Red War. You can streamline Forsaken. Like, okay, don't make us do. go do like the collect 20, uh, 20 deep sights or 20 uh, fucking uh, what were dusk light shards or whatever they are. You know, 20 alkaline dust. Like, unvault yeah. the campaigns, 
unvault Titan and Io. Yeah. Mercury, Mars, whatever. Unvault the shit. Unvault those four campaigns. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you know, I think what would be cool, too, is like you mentioned streamlining, and I think that's a great idea, too. Remember in Destiny 1 when they kind of streamlined the uh, vanilla, Dark Below, and uh, House of Wolves campaign into kind of like one mission-based campaign? I think that's what they should do with this. Like, no setting up patrols and, like you said, no collecting this many items. Like, I think that would be really smart. Maybe maybe that's what they've yeah. been doing. Maybe this is Project Goliath. Maybe they're going to unleash it now. Man, uh, so I've, I've, I'll be honest. I kind of forgot about Project Goliath because, you know, on that roadmap we talked about, it was supposed to line up with the final shape. Like, maybe this is it. We've long thought that Goliath would be the unvaulting of the campaigns, like even to be a cloud download. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really like to see that. I think that's the only appropriate way to say we want to prepare everybody for the final shape is mm-hmm. that everybody can go experience these. I, I don't want to get carried away here. So like I'm setting my expectations to like what I would expect, which mm-hmm. is if you're going to do something like that, you unvault the four campaigns that were vaulted, nothing yeah. more and nothing more at all. Like if down the line, you want to bring those raids back in now that we have things like fire team finder, mm-hmm. you want to bring those raids back in with new difficulties. Like, and maybe that's something you can do in between this release and whatever the start of the next saga is, mm-hmm. you know, that, that is a possibility there. Um, especially since like all of the callous content is vaulted. That's yeah. really bizarre considering he's the antagonist of Lightfall, but I digress. Um, there, there's a lot of things that into the light could be. And Joe said that they're going to, they're going to have more to say about it uh, after the new year. So I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath to see what wishes and into the light ultimately are, because if wishes is bad, people are going to go away. I mean, I, even if wishes is good, I'm probably still, that's when I'm taking my break from destiny. Because mm-hmm. Q1 is insane. And I think that Bungie has to realize this at this point, that they've kind of put themselves into a corner. They need the final shape to be as good as Forsaken and the Witch Queen right now. If not yeah. better. This, like, uh, frankly, this has to be better. This needs to be... This, this already this be had... thing they've ever made, in my this, opinion. This had unrealistic expectations already, I think, following Lightfall, following the firings, and just all of the public controversy over the last month. They need this to be probably the best thing they put out since Halo 3. And that is that is unrealistic. Yeah. That is an unrealistic expectation. If this sticks the landing and is as good as as good as an and as ga- engaging as Forsaken, the Taken King, or Lightfall. Not Lightfall, the Witch Queen. Uh Witch Queen, Forsaken, Taken King. Then I'm okay. But I still think this needs to be a culmination of everything and be maybe the best Destiny thing they've ever released. I mean, it, it, it has to be. And I just think, unfortunately, I think that's the that's an unrealistic expectation. It has it to is. be a step above the three best things that you've done. It can't it, if it's on that level, I think we'd be fine. And mm-hmm. I, I frankly, after everything that's happened, I think we would accept that mm-hmm. as we'd be like, hey, you know what? Four really, really good story driven DLCs is pretty damn good. The community mm-hmm. loves Rise of Iron. There's a lot of fondness. There's a fondness for the D2 campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some a lot of us have affinity for House of Wolves and Warmind. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about Dark Below or Curse of Osiris. We don't really talk about Shadowkeep. Beyond Light's kind of weird, and Lightfall, well, a lot of people hate Lightfall. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, if you... I, I think so many franchises that are annualized would love to have 
four or five super well received entries in their franchise over a nine, 10 year span. I think they, they kill for that, Mm -hmm. you know, and that would be out of the main releases for D2 though, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, that would be seven major releases for D2. That would mean that three or four of those were top notch. That's, that's pretty, that's a pretty good track record. Mm -hmm. I think you would accept that, but if you're really going to prepare everybody, you got to let them play the full story. I can live with the raids not being there. I would understand the raids not being there especially now that we are so powerful, I think you would have a hard time balancing those encounters yeah. and those puzzles just aren't it anymore. And that, that, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, if that stuff comes back like post and I, I do think it will come back eventually fine. Um, I speculated that maybe wrath of the machine could get moved up to here, but that would leave you without a big release for your 10th anniversary. And they're not going to do that. That kind of yeah. throws in the question, like what happens to 10th anniversary now? Like, are you going to do two raids in like an eight week span? Like that's a little weird. Um, or like, I mean, I know this isn't probably what anybody wants, but if they want to hold wrath for the 30th anniversary or the 10th anniversary, like I mean, they're, 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 they were already going to, I no, think. I know, because, I know, but okay. I mean, if you said, you said maybe they, if they would move it up, but I mean, if they wanted keep that on track, maybe you would bring back like Leviathan or something. Stupid. And I, <laughs> or and I think the like, past since that was like, a it would be, it would be something. Raid. I think this is a good opportunity to bring some more exotic missions into the rotator. Mm-hmm. Um, during this seven month season, I think this would be a really good time to bring back. We we've heard that the outbreak perfected mission is going to come. Zero hour is going to come. That whisper is going to come eventually. Like this would be a great time to bring those in. Those two missions in particular, this would be an awesome time to bring those in. Yeah. Two of the best things that they've done in Destiny 2, especially in the early years of Destiny 2. Those were two of the best things that they did. Um, The content just, it it has to be there because you not only have the job of trying to keep your player base's attention, you're trying to draw in new players because this is your only source of revenue as a company. Yeah. And you're you're helped a bit by the fact that um, Sony owns you, but, you know, Jason's report basically said you missed your projections by 45%. And the talk amongst the industry and like in Bungie itself is that hey if they if we hadn't been bought by Sony we'd be in real big trouble right now yeah so I think that's also worth looking at I mean like Marathon's been in development since you know to some degree since like 2018 and it's not going to launch till 2025 right so that's seven years of incubation that's not bringing you any money yeah matter supposedly is canceled uh, according to that was the as the cross report that we had and I don't know how, how much I believe that um, I mean, I don't think it's canceled, but I think it's definitely on the back burner until, I, yeah, until I hear something from Tassie or Schreier, I'm not really trusting that. Yeah. Um, and Paul Tassie couldn't confirm it either for what it's worth. Um, so, and I mean, they, that stupid fucking mobile game still exists, apparently. Like, the, there are things that are taking away from, from Destiny. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what they do here. As I said last, as I said a couple episodes ago. I'm interested to see what, how they adjust like the dungeons for this next year, mm-hmm. uh, because you're probably not going to drop a dungeon in that first episode. Now, if you're going to be dropping wrath of the machine at some point, yeah. You know, does that mean we're going to get two done two two raids in a 12 week span? Like, so only one of them is going to, so the final shape raid is only going to get featured for 12 weeks instead of 24. Like, how's that going to work? Um, how are dungeons going to be divided? Is this going to put, this should push, whatever you have planned for next year for 2025 for like Q1, Q2, that should, this, that should firmly be pushed to September, 2025, like right now, Mm -hmm. right now you need to preemptively make that decision. Yep. 
because if you could really get onto a 15 month cycle, I think you're good. I really think you'll be a lot better. And then, you know, oh, we'll repeat the process. Oh, so we launched in like, you know, mid-September. Now we can launch the next one in like spring 2027 and, you know, and then summer 28 and then, you know, fall 29 and so on and so forth. If the franchise makes it that long. Yeah. And it would kind of allow you like Marathon's going to be a live service. Like Marathon is going to be a free to play extraction shooter. You're not going to have to worry about major releases there. You just want to get out of, I think you want to get destiny major releases out of the way of marathon's actual drop which hey that can probably slide into that q1 q2 slot that's opened up in 25 now Mm -hmm. yep like i i if i was a betting man that's probably dropping in april or may of that year yeah um that's that's a great that's a great time slot a lot of people are using it but the reality is and you know dado has said this and a few other people have said this a seven there is never going to be enough content to hold you for seven months no there just isn't the bear, the seasonal model as it is barely holds people for like two and a half. Yeah. You're not going to hold people for seven, no matter how many things you add. And like these, these are cool initiatives that we're hearing about. I'm very curious to see more. I'm going to remain skeptical, but I'm, I'm hoping this is where they figure it out. And that this is the last time we ever see this. We had previously said that about lost. We really hope this is the last time we're seeing it. <laughs> this is the third time this has happened. You should, we excused it with arrivals because of COVID. We excused it with lost because COVID you had already pushed things back. We were getting the 30th anniversary pack on top of that. Okay. It is really hard to excuse it this time. Yeah. Even though we all know that the game's health needs it. Yeah. Because you look at what's coming out Q like in Q1 and Q2 already. In January, you're getting Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. You're getting Tekken 8. You're getting Alone in the Dark. You're getting, I think Nintendo has a couple of re-releases coming out in, in January. Yeah. In February, you're getting Persona 3. You're getting Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. March just got announced that it's getting Dragon's Dogma 2. Helldivers 2 is coming out in February. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there is competition for your audience. Hellblade 2 is likely getting a release date within the next week or two. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a Q1 or Q2 release. Stalker 2 is supposed to come out in Q1. Like, there, there is so much aid, and Chronicle is, is April. There's a WoW expansion on the way. There's an ESO expansion on the way. Final Fantasy fourteen is getting another expansion next next summer, as well as coming to Xbox for the first time. Like, there is real competition here. And Destiny hasn't had competition for players' time in such a long time that this year has really been a wake-up call, I think. Yeah. You know, like Baldur's Gate is only going to get better. Like, Baldur's Gate's only going to continue getting more. Pa- they got a new epilogue patched in today, for God's sake. Yeah. Like, they're probably going to be DLC for that. Elden Ring DLC is coming next year. Starfield DLC is coming. Yeah. Spider-Man 2 DLC is going to come. Like, there is so much competition for your time. The Diablo, Diablo 4 is getting Vessel of Hatred next fall. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's so much coming that we don't even know about yet. Like... They have to be putting out a premium product, and that means you're going to have to change the way you do things. Unfortunately, that takes a couple years to get in. Episodes mm-hmm. we thought was a good idea. Episodes now not launching until July is rough. That is rough. Yeah, I I almost... I hate to say this right now because it's already bad, but I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately, until they get an, a new rhythm or, you know, I I'm worried that the layoffs aren't over either. Um, I think the layoffs at this point, I, I do think there probably are more, but it's really going to depend on how the final shape does. If the final shape can post impressive review score, I think the review score is probably going to be the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Review score and public sentiment are going to be the two biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And if that raid really hits, 
I yeah. think you're safe. I think that you're probably a little bit safer, but I do agree. I don't think the layoffs are totally gone. Um, I just, without digging into like core systems, I don't know. I don't think it's like possible anymore. Like you already laid off so much of your non-developer teams. Yeah. I don't think that you can actually like do more without doing irreparable harm to the right. studio. And it's, it's weird because we're, we're going to kind of shift into this now. The comms this week have shockingly been really good. This is some of the best comms that we've had in years. I would argue since Damage left, this is some of the best comms we've gotten this week. And mm -hmm. it's really ironic that it's coming a month after you laid off like half of your comms people. Um, I don't know. I, I, I want to give whoever took control of the Destiny 2 Twitter account this week. The Destiny 2 uh, team Twitter account, the, the community one. I want to give whoever took control of that a fucking medal. And I, I strongly suspect that it was either Cosmo or Joe Blackburn himself who took control of it mm -hmm. because the communication was just too good to come from somebody else. Um, they got really, really frank about a lot of things in the aftermath of the launch of Season of the Wish, which we're, we're going to get we're going to get into some, some of the bad and some of the ugly before we get to the really, really good. We're going to talk the season, the rest of the show. We got to talk about a couple of things, though, Corey. Yeah, we, we had a little bit of controversy this week, um, which resulted in Datto getting the most angry that I have ever seen him. I have never heard Datto yell before. And in his video talking about the launch of the season, which he doesn't really do these videos anymore, as he says, you know, it's kind of the same shit every time like people are mad or people are happy. It's just, there's really like nothing different to say. Like it's the beginning of a season. What do you want me to say? He talked a lot about the coil event, which is awesome. And then the last two or three minutes were dedicated to some bullshit. Yeah. It surfaced after season of the wish came out. People found on steam that there was a $16 starter pack listed. And this came with travelers chosen ruinous effigy sleeper stimulant. It came with a ship, a sparrow, and a ghost. They're all part of a, like a, a car racing set, I think, like the motorsport set. That's the only way you can get them, by the way, or was the only way you could get them. Um, one one enhancement core, a couple of prisms, one hundred twenty five thousand glimmer, and like ten cores. I uh, ten ten cores for sixteen dollars. Sixteen goddamn dollars, as he said multiple times. Um, this immediately, I have seen this community, this United two times in my life. One was the sexual harassment allegations that were flying around about members of the community a couple of years ago. Get them the fuck out of here. Get them out of this community. The second was barely a month ago with all the layoffs. This is the third time I have rarely seen the community as United as they were here. That is insane. It is, it really preyed on a lot of our fears of pay to win models coming into destiny. Ignore the fact that this stuff isn't meta. I actually have no... I, I'm, I'm like Datto and some other people. I have zero problems if you want to give this away. Mm -hmm. I think... I really think at this point that if you go and buy, like, the collection that has... There is a collection that has Shadowkeep, The Witch Queen, and Beyond Light all in it for, like, 25 bucks or something. Yeah. If you buy that... And that, by the way, that should be the only SKU listed anymore. All the individual SKUs should be delisted. Um, the pricing of this game is another episode entirely Ugh. um you should get a pop-up in game that says hey here's 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 a here's like a pack to help get you up with the homies 
There is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing. If you are upset about players being given exotics that are four years old at this point, fuck off. Respectfully, fuck you. Because there is no problem with that whatsoever. There's zero problems with giving some of these exotics away. To let band, they're not even meta. Like occasionally, sleeper stimulant is good. Sleeper stimulant is like great in ear ute right now, and that's about it. Like that's the only time I can think of in the last year and a half that I've used it. There is nothing wrong with giving some of these non-quest exotics that were in fucking base game and Forsaken away to people. There's nothing wrong with that. And I will, I will die on that hill. If it predates Beyond Light, I have zero problems with you just giving some of this shit away. I have no problem with if it's a brand new player, giving them, you know, materials to get them into masterworking, to teach them how to masterwork gear. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with any of this. 16 goddamn dollars though yeah plus like if you get people to jump in and they just play right like they're not going to know what any of this currency is and they're going to think it's important yep to this play is the campaigns, an in, right yep they, they are gonna this is deliberately meant to mislead people who don't know better yeah um i would like to I, i'd like to point out datto at the end of his video because he, he was so angry he just signed off he had a he had some text pop up on the screen at the end. Hope you're sac- hope you're stoked with yet another wave of hate articles, hate videos and bad publicity yet again. You will never learn. I give up. Hope it was worth a few grand. So that ha- that video comes out. 8 hours later, Bungie comes out and announces they've delisted it. They're getting rid of it. And this is why I'm convinced that somebody else took control of this Twitter account because it was it was a level of frankness that we don't usually see from their socials mm-hmm. um they did a pretty long they did a pretty long thread and it starts out hey everyone we watched season of the wish yesterday and been monitoring the conversation about what you've been enjoying and what you haven't we'll start things off with the starter pack which is not something bringing joy which is why we pulled it from stores we've heard your concerns and agreed there are other parts of destiny 2 that new players should want to dive into first before chasing exotic weapons cosmetics and upgrade materials okay well that's not exactly the reason why we were upset but at least you pulled it I genuinely didn't think they would. I thought, I genuinely thought they were going to double down on this. Yeah. Um, Given what we know about the last month. It's such an easy layup to take it down too, right? Like that, that is, that's an easy two pointer. Cool. Layup. Um, So it, it's been, it's been pulled. I I don't know what else. I don't know what anybody else really is thinking is going to happen here hoping that they don't pull this stunt again i this this was definitely them seeing if they could get away with it or if we were just going to shrug our shoulders and be like it is what it is mm-hmm. which so many of the times we have done when it comes to eververse pricing i we're gonna have to do an episode on the the nickel and diming of the entire game after the new year because the witcher cosmetics are insane to yeah. buy one set of armor and to buy each of the other cosmetics that will run you 67 dollars in silver that's for one armor set, the emote, the finisher, and the uh, bundle with the uh, the discounted bundle, mind you, with the ghost, sparrow, and ship. It's ridiculous. 6,700 6, silver. That is ludicrous. I thought the PlayStation stuff was overpriced. This is somehow even worse. Yeah. This is, I, so, I told you it was going to get worse. I mean, we, we've, been, we've been beating the drum saying it's going to get worse. And, uh, well... Love to have my fears confirmed. Um, I will say, 
this has led to probably the best Twitter Twitter interaction I may have ever witnessed. Um, of course, Paul Tassie this morning, you know, he, he puts up that screen cap from Datto and then he goes, I like to believe there's a DEF CON system at Bungie for people complaining about things. DEF CON 5, Paul Tassie, I complain about everything. DEF CON 4, Salt Agrepo. DEF CON 3, Astacross. DEF CON 2, Gathalion, coming out of Destiny Retirement to China in. And then DEF CON 1, Datto. Griffin, who was the social media manager for Destiny before getting laid off a month ago, chimes in and goes, you, Salt, and Astacross don't even register on the scale. And uh, Paul goes, God damn. And Griffin comes back and just, he executes the man. <sighs> to clarify, I mean, y'all complain so often that it doesn't register on a DEFCON scale. Not that your opinion doesn't matter. Oof. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I was in disbelief. I had to make sure this wasn't a parody account. I had to make sure that it was actually real when I saw the screen caps going around. This is in fact real. I could not get over that. Man, Yikes. I need to hear more takes from people who just can finally speak their minds. Oh my gosh, dude. I wonder, like, I guess I never really thought about it before, although I guess it makes a lot of sense, but I wonder how much community people hate the media. Um, Like the, I, I mean, mean he, not hate, so, not like hate, hate, but like every time they say something like, oh my God, just shut up. Uh, Gr Griffin kind of expanded on that a little bit too. He was like, uh, we don't, we don't hate feedback. We just wish people learned how to give constructive feedback essentially. Yeah. Um, it, he says, cause, cause somebody replied, he goes, oh my God, I'm begging to hear how you internally feel about player feedback. Like how much y'all hate us. And Griffin goes, we love player feedback. It's one of the Triforce that makes great games, developers, opinions, players, opinions, and analytics. When two of the three agree, it's a great sign to move forward. When all three agree, it's a no brainer. What we hate is when players' opinions are shared in a non-constructive way. Developers always say this, and I'll repeat it again, but the best feedback we can receive is letting us know how something makes you feel or react. Basically, don't say this is shit without giving feedback. Mm -hmm. Or being like, fuck you, Bungie, this is awful. Like, no, you give constructive feedback. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I, I, I just thought that was a really good... Uh, I thought that was a really good piece of feedback earlier today. And I think that's something important to keep in mind, especially with a community that likes to complain about pretty much everything. If we're being honest. Yeah. Um, so as of yesterday at five 30 central standard time, the destiny two starter pack is no longer available on steam. Um, there are, there are plenty of things to be mad at Bungie about. This is certainly one of the top ones. Um, but despite all that in game, this has actually been a pretty good start to a season. Yeah. I haven't, I, I haven't had a chance to play it, but I'm, yeah, I'm uh, going to play it this weekend, but you can, I mean, for the sake of the show, go ahead, spoil it. Give it to me for, for the sake of the show. We are going Put for it. the sake of the show. We're going to uh, spoil it for Corey. Yeah. Put it um, in my brain. One thing that we did forget to mention um, is that uh, the PvP map pack is actually going to drop in May. Ooh. We forgot to mention that. And uh, Joe confirmed in his video the three locations for those maps, which are Europa, no-brainer, Niamuna, no-brainer, and the Terraformed Pyramid from Root of Nightmares. Mm. I think those are three really cool locations, three really beautiful locations that certainly do not get enough love. 
Um, really, really stoked that that's going that those are going to be things going forward. I would like to get a throne world map that is not disjunction, but that'll probably be further in the future. Uh, A one Johnny and I were talking about this uh, the night the news came out. Uh, we were playing a little, we were playing some Gambit uh, to get some seasonal challenges done on Monday night, and he says, uh, you know, I think best case scenario, I was hoping for one new map and like a reprised Destiny one and a reprised Destiny two map. He goes, when I heard map pack, that's what I thought. He goes, I never thought we would get three brand new maps i said that's kind of the thought process that i was on i was hoping best case scenario we'd get like three maps and maybe a couple reprised yeah um i think this is this is solid but also the fact that joe was like oh yeah i'm gonna go play test these maps like right after this i was like uh wait what you just announced development of these maps a couple of months ago if that's if this is all we needed like all these years was to just get a handful of designers on these why haven't we been getting maps regularly yeah that's that's the question (laughs) yeah there must have been some sort of like internal restructure somewhere Uh, well i mean there was we we know that a lot of the crucible team did leave to make marathon yeah you actually know that to work on marathon and to work on matter um and they just apparently never restaffed uh joe's talked about it a little bit in the past and said basically we had to make a decision at a certain point to do we save pve or pvp Mm mm-hmm and they chose PVE, and it took for it took so long to fix PVE that PVP just got to put on the back burner, and they never really got back to it. These are conversations like you and I have said before that should have been happening like around, and we were trying to make them happen as a community around the time Witch Queen was coming out, right? If mm-hmm. not before, yeah. I think somebody tracked it was like a thousand days between map releases uh, when we got Jesus. this junction. Yeah, for brand new maps, not counting reprised maps. It was like a th- it was like since Forsaken had come out or something. Like Citadel had been the last new map we had gotten, the last truly new map. So I'm glad we're finally getting these. I am glad that's a May drop. I I wonder if that if those maps will get moved up if they're ready to be part of the end of the light drop. Yeah, I wonder. Um, because I think dropping three maps a month before the final shape is just kind of weird at that point. Yeah. But I am glad that they're differentiating because they would have been just as easy to say, oh, we're going to hold them and release them with the final shape. No, they want to make And this gives me hope that there's a couple maps with the final shape that we're going to get these ahead of time because they want to differentiate. No, this is what we promised. This is not part of a paid release. Right. This is not something that we consider as final shape content. So I'm excited. Bungie designers seem pretty excited about the end of the light stuff and about the maps and everything. So I'm... I'm crossing my fingers because when the developers are excited, that's when good things happen. Yeah. So, um, moving on though, moving on to the actual season, moving on. Wow. Um, I think that the, the, the core plot thread, which is, uh, you know, we're communicating with basically the spirit of Riven, Uh the Ahamkara spirit of Riven that has been conjured by the Techians, um, as the Vex are invading the dreaming city. Uh-huh. Uh, is very interesting. I suspect that that plot line is going to unfold over the following weeks, obviously. Um, I find that intriguing. If not, I don't think it's like life altering right now. It's like, oh, cool. Okay. Um, Mara addresses something right off the bat, though, that her worst fears have been confirmed. The curse on the Dreaming City cannot be broken. Uh-huh. That feels much more like an explanation of, hey, we really don't want to remove content that we work really, really hard on. Yeah. And like, that takes away the reason to have the shattered throne and the three week cycle in the dreaming city, which is still unique amongst any of the uh, locations. Yeah. And they, I mean, they don't want to get another 
backlash for vaulting content either. Yes, uh, I would I would suspect that that's part of it. It takes away the reason to have the blind well and all this and that. So I understand that from like a mechanical standpoint, mm-hmm. even if I think that the story reason is really silly. Um, but okay, so that that takes care of that. We basically strike the deal with Riven that we're going to find her uncorrupted eggs, that Sabathun had one, and there are supposedly six others that we need to find. Um, that leads us into the two activities, Riven's Lair and the Coil. Riven's Lair is, so the, a Coil, when you run it, has four different pathways, and these, we have confirmed, are going to change week to week. It's probably going to be like on a, well, it's probably going to be like three different Coils, I would imagine would be my guess. You run one pathway of a Coil in Riven's Lair, so you still can get a chest at the end, you can use your layer keys, things like that. The coil is pretty fucking hard. I will I say this, but I'm also really happy about it because this is the best seasonal event and the best loot loop we've gotten since the menagerie. And it's not even a question. The coil is the culmination of everything that they've done in the seasonal uh you know quest lines this year. We we had the roguelike elements. And these, you know, the more you progress, the harder it gets in deep dives, right? You hit certain, you hit certain things along the way, it's going to make it harder. You had that. We had that in in season of the wish or witch, wish and witch. I'm going to mix those up all year. Uh, you had various things dropping in with the cards and you know your buffs and things like that, and you could choose your buffs here too. Each time you complete a coil or you complete a pathway, really, you get to go back to Riven and you get to buy upgrades, which is really cool. Um, like, we we had ones that were t- your super per- increases um, or recharges 200% faster. We had ones that was your power weapons do 25% more damage, um, 20% boss protection, like things like that that actually do make a pretty significant, you know, change to how you're... Stuff is going to go. You have 21 lives going in. Eventually, it'll let you buy more revives. You can also earn revive tokens by getting decent, by hitting score thresholds and whatnot. Um, it's very, it's very cool. It's very well done. The first, you come in at five power under what the enemies are, and each time you complete a pathway, the enemies get five power stronger. Eventually, putting you at a 20 power deficit, which is master level difficulty. Um. If you hit certain score thresholds, that affects your rewards at the end. You can get a bonus chest twice a twice a pathway. You can unlock them throughout. At the end, if you hit if you hit gold, so I, I've hit gold and I've hit platinum. My very first run, I did it with Sammy and Nerd. We hit platinum. You get to go to a special treasure room, uh, the Chamber of Wishes or Chamber of Riches, I think, whatever it's called. It's the same room that we got Aegir's Scepter in in Season of the Lost. And there were like six or seven chests in that room that you get to open. It was raining loot on us, Corey. Raining? You want to make it rain? It was uh, Bungie was making it rain. I I want I want to read the absurd amount of loot that I got. This was my estimate uh, that I made to a friend. Um, I lost track of what I was getting. This is not so. I got I opened at least minimum. 12 chests on that run 
So I was opening two plus the one at the end each run. So that would be, I mean, that's, that's probably 12 right there. Not counting the extra chests at the end. I probably had about 15, 16 chests total. Jeez. I had eight to 10 enhancement prisms. I had so many enhancement cores. I got a golf ball. I got two crafting alloys. I got um, two or two or three red borders out of it. I got seven or eight weapon drops, uh, including three seasonal, one season of the undying reprised weapon. And uh, I probably had at least four or five dreaming city weapons drop. Um, All of which are have new perk pools and origin traits, by the way. Um, I got two pieces of armor out of it, and I'm sure I'm forgetting things. It was about 50 minutes to run the whole thing, and this is something not everybody is going to get to the end and get a platinum score. This is a genuinely challenging activity. Um, there's really not any ways to make it easier, to be frank. You gotta really hope that there's good, uh, rotators on that day. It was awesome. I've run it twice already. I don't know if I'm going to run this every week. Um, once I have everything crafted, it does feel like it's not going to be worth it to run it anymore for me. Um, outside of getting triumphs done, but I've already got so many of my triumphs, like two-thirds of the way done for the seal, just from two runs of the coil. Um, nice. <clears throat> it is awesome. It re- I feel like the loot loop really respects your time. You need to run it with a group. Um, uh, I was I was teasing him because I saw, you know, Ron, Ronnie was saying how much he hates the activity on the first night. And I just laughed because uh, Nerd and Sammy both said the same thing before the three of us jumped in and ran it and crushed it together. They all said that it was really, really challenging um, because people weren't sticking together. They were running out. And I kind of had that problem on my second run. Um, you have the drifting apart um nullifier on so you're not healing if you're not by each other right and that makes it really hard to do minus 20 content yeah um it was it was still really really cool i think this is an awesome event i think this is this is what we've been saying for so long we want seasonal content to be yeah uh we want seasonal content to be challenging we want it to be rewarding um it's a whole it, it is a whole thing and i really 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 found myself enjoying it nice. um i will be doing this at least once a week for the foreseeable future um i don't think i'll be doing it more than once a week that uh, an hour is a lot of time to ask me to de- 50 50 to 60 minutes is a lot of time to ask me to devote to this mm-hmm. um and that's time that i'd be spending doing a crota run doing warlord's ruin which is the new dungeon dropping as you're listening to this warlord's ruin is either coming out or just uh, or just came out so that's happening. I, I'm going to be wanting to run other things. And it's unreasonable for this to carry a seven-month season. But this is a pretty great thing. Like, if this was if we, this was a normal three-month season and this was the final activity of the year, I think we would all be unanimously like, this is amazing. And that is the one consistent piece of feedback I've seen from everybody already right off the bat is, this is so good. This is what we want as a community at the people who play this a lot, I've seen people who play this a lot saying it. I've seen people who are more casual saying it. Like it is, it is rewarding. It is good. Um, I had a Bungie designer retweet me yesterday um, or on Tuesday when I was saying how good it was. Nice. Uh, that was 
startling. Um, I I did not expect that. Um, one of the uh, one of the senior designers said uh, so he liked and retweeted my uh, or staff designer, excuse me, um, at Bungie retweeted me when I said uh, the coil is the best seasonal activity probably ever. Holy fucking shit! Um, so that that was a cool moment, and it's like, oh man, like they these guys really really care about what we have to say about these activities like the people who are there designing this stuff give a shit they give a shit we should not lose sight of like that we can praise things happening in game and still criticize the corporate structure mm. okay we're going to we're going to take them to pound town on oh, the starter pack and on the fire rings and things like that and on on the corporate bullshit like eververse I'm going to praise how shit's designed, though. Because this is awesome. This is what we've wanted for so long. And it bears repeating, and I'm going to keep repeating it, and I can't wait to come back next week and talk about what the new version of Coil is next week. This is awesome. It's a cool start to the season. The Ahamkar or something that are infamously undercovered, I think, in the Destiny lore. They largely exist in the lore, and then we kill Taken Ribbon. You know, there's really not a ton of Ahamkara stuff that we've ever had. And I really, really like the the premise of the season. I like where it's being set up. It's a little funky that we're doing this right before the final shape instead of various other things. But already, like, if I can expand beyond just what the events and the missions are like, we're already getting answers in the lore for certain things we thought we were going to deal with. I'm now pretty convinced that Aramis may never show back up in the game. There's a there's a lore piece, and we're we're gonna read it in the coming weeks, where she leaves, she ba- she goes to an old House of Wolf ship. Shout out to Corey, um, and she finds a map that her mate Aetherus used, that was going to take them home to Reese and various uh, p- planets along the way that could be used as a you know a new Reese for rebuilding the Elixney population, and she basically decides. Fuck it. I don't want any part of this cosmic struggle anymore. I don't want any part of Mithrax's House of Light or of a new Reese. You know, she already said that Ido and Mithrax are going to be the leaders of it. You know, she doesn't want any part of that. All she wants at the end of all things is to be with her partner. And that, and she she notes it's been decades since she saw Aetherius. She doesn't know if Aetherius is still alive, but if she is, that's the only place she wants to be is with Aetherius. That is such a powerful message that uh-huh. here at the end of all things, you just want to be with the people you care about. We're going to tackle that in the lore corner tonight, too, as a little teaser. Ooh. Um, the loot feels rewarding already. Um, we've had pretty lackluster seasonal loot this year, and I don't think that that is a stretch to say at all. I, I mean, I haven't really. I mean, there's been like one or two things that I've kept, you know, just to have, but I don't. I think last year's loot pool was way better. Oh, significantly better. Like, significantly yeah, better. Yeah, I just like, I don't care about the weapons at all. And I don't know. If, I mean, for me, I don't know if that's because I haven't been playing enough or if I just, if it's really not that great, but uh, I just, I can't. Uh, it, it's, it's a bit of both. Um, it is rough to go into this and look at what, the loot pools have been this year. I mean, Defiance, I think, had a couple of good weapons. Perpetualis, I know, has been a favorite of some. Racketuneer, the bow. Regnant was really good uh, there for a couple of, for a couple months before, you know, grenade launchers were suddenly useless again. Hmm. Um, 
I don't think that the deep weapons were very good at all. Outside of the strand shoddy, I don't think any of the deep weapons were like super life changing. Um, spare rations seem to be pretty good for PVPers for a little bit at least. Last season, um, if you like hand cannons, kept competence was definitely the play. The fusion is fine. Um, Briah's love didn't light my world on fire as a scout. Like there, it's in such sharp contrast to other seasons. It's really been a long time. Like maybe season of the loss was the last time we had a loot pool, like that was as rough as the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had, I would say, since arrivals, they've had pretty consistently good loot pools where there's like at least been at least three must-have weapons every season. And then you look at something like Haunted and Seraph, which also brought back, uh, you know, the Opulent and the Ikelos suite, respectfully. And so not only do you have good weapons from that season, do you have those reprised weapons, which are better than ever. Talus Mini Tool is still meta if you run a solar build. Drang is still really fucking good if you run a solar build. Ikelos SMG might still be one of the best weapons in the entire game. You know, and that's not counting. We got we got things like Disparity. We got Retrofit Escapade. We got Fireflight. We got um, Judgment of Kelgarath, Nezerax Whisper. Like, we got all these things. Even Plunder, which was really bad last year. We still got Brigand's Law. We got Tempered uh, We got tempered Metal. Um, I think that's the name of the scout that we got. But the, we got the first weapons with Volt Shot out of that season, even though that season was rough. Mm-hmm. And this year, the loot has felt really unrewarding. I, I think it was bad in both in both of those seasons. Defiance, eh, okay. The Neomuna loot didn't light our worlds on fire. We kind of excused that because Ron had it, Ron was an easy raid with incredible loot, mm-hmm. incredible loot, a great perk behind it. And I'm willing to forgive this last season because every weapon in Crota is a must-have weapon. It is a it is arguably a best in class weapon in each of those slots. That's great. That is that's inc- like that's incredible. Like Swordbreaker might be the best shotgun in the game right now to me. You know, Fang of Fang of Ear Ute, Song of Ear Ute. You know, we, we go through and we talk about these. You know, Rufus's is probably the best weapon we've gotten all year from a practicality standpoint, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, Bri- uh, Briar's Contempt has been something that a lot of people started using as a heavy. Because if you run that with another Ron weapon, you're getting 20% bonus damage for both weapons. That makes a difference in this harder content. That makes a difference in raids. Yeah. We haven't had that from the seasonal activities. I think even the I think even the dungeon that we had, Ghost of the Deep, I don't think had super rewarding loot. It, it had some things that were fine. I think the SMG is fine, but it was no Callus mini tool. Mm-hmm. It had uh, Navigator is a cool exotic. But as a whole, I found myself really underwhelmed with the loot. Uh, I will say, I think the, I think Cold Comfort, the rocket launcher, is good. But overall, this year has been just bad for loot. Even you go back and look at the... I don't think Spire of the Watcher had incredible weapons either. But you look at uh, Duality last year, had some pretty solid stuff, especially Storm Chaser. Storm Chaser and Unforgiven, two great weapons that could drop. That Fixed Odds could drop. Epicurean could drop. You had some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Even if there was an underwhelming exotic and armor set, like dungeons really seem like the place where they gotta they gotta beef the weapon pools up a bit in these future releases. So I'm really curious to see if Warlord's Ruin continues to be as underwhelming as the rest. So uh hey, can we pause real quick? Yeah. I gotta take a phone call. Sorry. Uh yeah, so I, I think that, you know, the we- the weapon suite overall really, really solid compared to especially what we've got in the last couple of uh seasons. 
always a good place to start out. The undying weapons were a bit of a surprise uh, when we saw those in game. Um, those were four really underwhelming weapons from the very first season we ever got, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, they were pretty bad then. They're not super great now. They do have new perk pools, so I will play around with them a little bit more. But if they're underwhelming, fine, whatever. They are craftable. I will note that. And this fits with Bungie's theme of we'll bring stuff back if it fits what we're trying to do. They said this last year, I believe during Season of the Haunted, when they got such rave reviews for bringing back six opulent weapons. Uh, I was like, oh, hey, these weapons are really, really cool. Can we get more stuff like this? We got the Icolos weapons and two Seven Seraph weapons during Seraph. It's taken us a full year to get another... Well, we did get the second season. I take that back. The second season, we got six Gambit Prime weapons back, which were not great reissues, by the way. Mm. Gnawing Hunger, which is the weapon everybody would have liked to have seen refreshed, did not come out. Um, And then this season, of course, you have the four Undying weapons. So it's been cool. It's been really nice. I'm enjoying it, personally. I I like when older things are brought back and are craftable. Because we're reaching a point where it's getting really hard to make new weapons that are going to unseat the best in slot weapons already. You know, we talked earlier about like Callus Mini Tool and Icolus SMG are the two probably most dominant SMGs in the game. Uh, shout out Immortal. Immortal's pretty close. That's in a completely different slot from those two. Um but I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to be to make a solar, an arc, or a strand SMG that are better than those. You know, Stasis has a couple that are really good. Void has, you know, one or two that are pretty decent. But it's going to be really hard to beat those three elements with that kind of weapon. Mm. It's getting increasingly hard, you know, for, for some of these other slots. And power creep's a real thing. Like, John, Johnny and I were talking about this, and he says, you know, he's still a proponent of sunsetting weapons. I don't know if I'm necessarily a proponent of sunsetting. I am a proponent of making more things craftable, though, to give more options or updating crafting options over time, updating perks that you can put on them. Um, I think those are healthy for meta shakeups. We're getting the first rocket pistol um, in the dungeon now instead of it coming in the final shape, which is kind of weird. We were led to believe that both the rocket pistol and dragon's breath were going to come with the final shape, and instead they're in this season. Do you think that was a shift because they knew this was getting delayed before it was official? That's tough to say because they start designing these weapons so far out and like you have to design, especially the rocket pistol, if it's going to be part of the dungeon pool, you have to make it look like the other stuff in the dungeon too. If they make it into that aesthetic and we've seen how long it could take them to design weapon ornaments in the past. Right. So, but I mean, if if Final Shape was supposed to come out in three months, I don't think that would make that big of a difference during development time, right? Um, maybe not. I mean, maybe they looked at it and they were like, "Hey, this is one thing that's ready to go that we can yeah. ship now." Yeah. Um, Dragon's Breath, I'm pretty sure was always planned for this season. Yeah, um, because it's. I mean, the I mean, whole theme is dragons. So yeah, the, the the whole theme is dragons. There's a ribbon ornament for it, and. People that eagle-eyed fans did spot in the trailer that um, it says in really tiny print, um, some weapons may ship before final shape, essentially. Hmm. So I found that to be really interesting. Um, This sidearm seems like it's going to use special ammo. I'm always interested in new weapon archetypes. And like I said, I think we're kind of hitting a wall in terms of what you can do. Mm -hmm. 
making legendary traces and legendary glaives has been really cool but you know and this this rocket pistol sounds like it's going to be a uh i think the one that we know about is going to be a special ammo weapon which makes sense you can't let you can't let somebody have unlimited rockets from a pistol right um so it seems like it's going to work kind of similar to forerunner um except like you actually will have to like pick up the ammo and stuff so curious to see how that's going to work um I'm always here for experimentation. I, I like when Bungie gets weird is when Destiny's at its best to me. And this season is definitely living up to that. You know, we talk about, you know, wishes and dragons and everything. Like, it makes sense why, you know, The Witcher is, you know, their their crossover this season. Like, they really took the theming seriously. I love how when you look through the triumphs, there's a lot of Dungeons and Dragons themed uh, ones. There's like, there's one called Dungeon Master. There's one called Fireball. Um the engram of holding instead of the bag of holding. Like I, I really love some of these knots. Like you're going to look at them and be like, what the hell? Like if you don't play Dungeons and Dragons, but for those of us who do, we're like, Hey, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of dragon themed cosmetics in the shop. Um, they really seemed to nail the assignment on make everything fantasy themed this season. Um, I like that. I always like going back to the dreaming city. I did audibly groan when I had to go do blind well. Oh boy. They make you do blind well in like step three of the quest this week. And I audibly groaned. The good news is you can launch directly into the blind well now. You don't have to drive to it anymore. You can, you can click on it from orbit and launch directly to it, which is really cool. That is something that is newly added for this season, apparently. Um, and then they had to come out because everybody was afraid we were going to have to do this every week. And they said, the only other time you're going to have to do it is during week six. And I believe there's some, there's some triumph you're going to have to do for a seal at some point. It might be the moments of triumph seal. I'm not sure where you're going to have to do a heroic blind. Well, Mm. so cool. Oh, excuse me. It's going to be a seasonal challenge. It's going to be seasonal challenge. That's what it is. So I'm really happy that they're not cramming that down our throats i was really afraid we were gonna have to do that um other than that man it's it's a good start to the season i am very curious to see where they go with the storytelling it seems like our main npcs are going to be crow mara uh petra and osiris um i osiris is just like kind of randomly there which is really funny to me um i don't i don't know who else you would have had there uh, we've had enough heiress this year. Um, Drifter probably doesn't fit with Wish Dragons. Yeah. Um, Icora. Zavala, Zavala's it. absence the last two seasons very much feels like that's because Lance Reddick's tragic passing. Yeah. Um, I do feel like we're going to get Keith David's first lines as Zavala later on this season. There, There's no way he doesn't give a speech leading out of this season and into the final shape. Yeah. Um, I would secretly love if that was the final thing Lance had recorded, but I, That'd be amazing. I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe, you know, like they can compile some lines of his to uh, give us the voiceover a la the speaker at the end of the final shape. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm going to ball like a baby when a uh, final shapes credits roll and, it, you know, is dedicated to Lance, mm-hmm. but um, season's off to a really solid start though. I mean, I know we say that a lot, but I do, I do truly think, like, I think that Season of the Deep was good. The loot was just terrible. But, you know, once we got those story twists at the end, and we, the amazing witness cutscene carries so much weight. Yeah. You know, that and the deep dives carry a lot of weight. The Wicked Implement mission, 
all those things were really cool elements. The the roguelike elements, just the, the weapon, the loot sucked. Yeah. The loot sucked. Dungeon was cool, the loot sucked. So then you have Witch, which we're gonna we're gonna rank the seasons once we get to the most of the way through this season. Um, we'll rank them in like March because you know I don't know if you guys know this. We're gonna need topics for the show next year. Um, we'll Start rank them in now. <laughs> basically, we're gonna rank them in March. We might as well just have do... a thread like we do for questions every week, but just like spring topics. <laughs> God, we I might be soliciting topics by spring break. Um, especially if wishes is bad, I might be, uh, I might be soliciting topics by Valentine's day. <laughs> um, I, I think there, there's some, you know, there's some debate to be had, you know, like, Oh, from undying onward. And I really had to think about like the seasonal events that I was, when I'm like, Oh yeah, coils, like the best thing we've gotten. And I'm like, damn, we really haven't had that many great <laughs> seasonal events. We've gotten three of the best. We've gotten three of the best ones this year alone in deep dives, spire, and now coil. Like, that's not a high bar to cross. Right. So, um, you know, I, I just look and I, I, I kind of laugh about all that. Like, the lore has been continually good. It's off to a great start now. Uh, and it seems like across the board, a lot of people are enjoying it. But I think a lot of Destiny players are kind of afraid to express, like, yeah, I, I really like this season or I like the start of it in light of what's happened. And I, you know, keeps going back to what we keep repeating it's okay like it's okay to appreciate the season being off to a good start and to appreciate the work that the actual developers are doing yeah. while still holding the c-suite accountable yeah it's not the it's not the developer's fault of this game that those people are gone right i exactly it's like it's like when all that stuff happened with activision and you know like the higher-ups were you know being stupid to put it pg i guess uh and people were going to boycott their games. And it's like, well, yeah, I get that that's like a, a hard decision, but you still want to support the developers who were good, you know, during that time and like trying to yeah. put things together. Right. So, I mean, for, for example, there's going to be an, there's going to be an iron banner emblem that comes out with Tuesday's reset, the iron bananas emblem, the person who fought to get that approved and actually designed it got laid off. Yeah. But they were still super proud that it made it in and they were, prom they're promoting the hell out of it. They're like, I want you to go get this. This is so cool. Yeah. We fought for this and we're glad it made the cut. Yeah. And obviously like if he's still looking for, or if that person's still looking for a job too, they're like, you know, this is part of their portfolio too. And they, of course they're going to, you know, support that, that, that they worked on. And it's super cool that it's in the game, but also like, it's, it's like a two for one for them. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I I really I really like it. I'm so overall. glad they're embracing the Iron Bananas stuff. I'm glad they're embracing it. It's been long enough. It, it's overdue. I'm I'm really happy with what we're getting right now. I, I think it's been. I think it's going to be a special season. I think it's going to be good. Um, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic right now. Yeah, you know, because yeah, we know the we know the story and the lore are going to be on point, but that's not the only thing like into the light and wishes do count as part of this season guardian games and the dawning do count as part of this season like are those events going to be good are they going to be worth it yeah you know is the dungeon going to be good and we're all hoping it's going to be you know i think dungeons are some of my favorite content in destiny you know is this going to be a dungeon i want to repeat several times or is this going to be something like i do two or three times and i go yeah i'm good yeah you know 
Um, you know, is there going to be something I want to chase, like the cowboy armor in Spire of the Watcher, or am I just going to be like, yeah, I've done like two or three runs, I'm good. There's like nothing meta I need out of here. I've done, I've done it. It's cool, whatever. Um, and of course, we will be bringing you a dungeon review. Hopefully, fingers crossed, this weekend again. <laughs> It's a very busy couple of days for me. Um, I may be recording a dungeon review right after we finish it tomorrow. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't wait. Um, let's jump into some questions, Corey. Yeah, let's do it. We've got, we've got a handful of questions tonight. Um, not, not too many because uh, a lot of it's asking, you know, what we think of the season. And of course we were going to tell you guys. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I do like to, I mean, I know I haven't played that first mission yet or whatever, but like, I really do like the theme of the season and I'm really optimistic about it leading into the final shape. Honestly, like, I think it's, I think yeah. it's a cool theme for like, if, you, if you're going to have the, this be your last season, you know, this would be a theme to do it on. This would be the thing to do it on. Um, Jiggly Panda writes in and asked, uh, what were our super early thoughts on the season? And what do we think of the content that's getting added with the final shape being delayed? Of course, we've spent most of the episode talking about that. And since we love talking about sandwiches, what is y'all's go-to bread when making a sandwich? Ooh. Whatever is around. <laughs> Not wheat, I'll tell you that. Oh, man. I We have we have the 12-grain wheat bread. Mm. Slap some turkey and mayonnaise and cheese on that thing. You're disgusting. No, it's delicious. You're disgusting. I like a good hoagie roll. Yeah, that's true too. If you get a fresh baked like Italian roll right out of the oven, mm-hmm. that's a really good bread to make a sandwich. Like something that's like thick and fluffy. I like fluffy bread. I don't like crunchy bread when I'm like doing a roll. Mm. If I'm going for like regular bread, I like kind of like a sweeter bread in a lot of ways. I like I like making sliders, for instance. Nice. nice. I don't know. That, that that's where that's where I would come down. I I like I like I like good pita. I like pita bread. Ooh yeah, good pita is really good. I'm also I a like fan of pita. rye bread. I like Corey rye sometimes. is eating the sandwich of a retiree. Yeah. You, you got you got some uh, some spicy mustard on there too. Mm, no, I don't go that far. I'm a mayonnaise okay, good, guy. I'm a big mayonnaise. I'm guy. A man. I'm a, I'm a mayo guy too. It's if I'm gonna put, I can't have a sandwich without mayo. I mm-hmm. don't think. Yeah, I have to. I have to have some kind of sauce on there. And so help me God, it better not be mustard. Mm. I hate. I I actually hate mustard. Is like my least favorite condiment in the world. It's like that and horseradish are like one and two for me. Ooh, I like horseradish, dude. Let me That's tell so you what, man. Arby's with some horsey sauce on I there. I knew you. I knew mm. you were gonna go to fucking Arby's. No, you know the only thing you get at Arby's, you get Arby's sauce. No, no, you get Arby sauce, sauce, buddy. Arby sauce. Arby sauce. Um, Titan writes in and asks, "What are your dungeon story predictions?" Remember, the name of the dungeon is Warlord's Ruin and will be taking place in the EDZ. Mm. What are we thinking, Corey? Oh, man. I hope we get some force ghosts of some of the warlords. <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, I don't... Man, I wonder if we'll get some sort of, like... I don't know. Audio logs from warlords that have passed. Or, like, ghost tells us stories about the warlords. And uh, something like that. But I... 
I really don't know. Siva was trending with this dungeon, by the way. I'm like, it's not going that far. It's not. It's it's not. It's not going to go that far. Um, they they've spoken at length on Siva. We've spoken at length on Siva. Mm-hmm. They've said just it. It's not going to happen. They needed something to, yeah. you know, kind of throw in there for Rise of Iron. That's why we've never heard about it again. Siva is also a technology, not an element. Yeah. Like the closest you could get is like maybe an exotic there are some people are thinking siva because there's some siva themed exotics or exotic ornaments this season it sounds like Mm -hmm. i know there's one for necrochasm yeah um i just mm, i mean i'm good i'm good uh, man i really i really don't know to be honest like i mean i i assume it's going to revolve around some of the warlords and the, maybe we get some backstory on the iron lords versus the warlords which would be awesome uh but other than that man i don't i don't know what kind of bosses you would have i i'm assuming there's going to be some sort of like man i don't know what do you, what do you think josh um i really 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 hope that for for this one like I want this to be about Shax so desperately. I want this to be Shax's castle. That would be cool. I We are so overdue for Shax's story. And it would be... If we get to the end of the Light and Dark Saga and all we've ever gotten from Shax is some lore cards, I'm going to be genuinely upset. Um, my man's just been chilling in the tower for like six years. I'm, I'm over it. Um, there, The chest piece this season does have some Shax lore on it um which is interesting to me also he had some new voice lines during festival of the lost if you went and did the legend lost sectors so i'm really hoping they didn't just get lenny james in the booth for those couple of lines after all these years i really hope that they actually got him to record some dialogue for this um i think he i think it's a real big missed opportunity that he is not one of the npcs for the season um i mean and he could be down the line Right, like we, we have seen this in the past. We're like, oh, Drifter's shown up for a week or two, or oh, hey, Eris kind of came in out of nowhere. We have seen this before. It is worth noting. I really hope that there is some Shax stuff coming this season. Like Shax is probably the guardian that we associate most with the Ahamkara hunts at this point. He's got the fucking Ahamkara skull hanging above him. You know, we noted we noted that Savathun was using that to spy on him, right? On him and Zavala at one point, and. Uh, that's actually what Shax's lore piece is about uh, on his chest piece is about the Ahamkara skull. So I really, really hope we get some Shax lore. I think this would be a missed opportunity if this dungeon isn't. If I, I swear to fucking God, if I log in and Saladin is walking me through the mission, I'm going to scream. I'm so tired of Saladin at this point. Yeah, I think we went from not having enough to having too much Saladin. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, that would be. Yeah, I would rather it be Shax. I mean, there's so much salad and stuff out there now, like it, especially between between Rise of Iron and, you know, the the stuff with the Cabal and, you know, him leading his legion and stuff like there's there's just a, too much now. And Iron Banner, obviously, twice, twice, three times a season, like it's too much. It is too much. And this is coming from a big salad bar fan, OK? Big salad bar man. We we love salad in here. It's just really annoying. I had a salad. Um, nerd writes in with a kind of a long winded topic, and uh, we're we're gonna talk about it now, but we're definitely gonna hit on monetization again in the new year. Uh, with the rising cost of getting caught up 
on expansions. Do you think Bungo should adopt a monthly subscription price plan for Destiny 2? So you better for folks who are new or who are missing some old content and want to get back up to speed right now. Not necessarily for folks who have had, who have all the content already, as under this plan, players can still buy content to always have access to it. Example, $15.99 a month, giving you access to all past expansion content except the latest. $2,000 or some arbitrary amount of Bright Dust per month. Access to the Battle Pass, discounted event cards, discounted dungeon pass. Um, I'm going to say this in the nicest possible way, no. Um, I think rather what Bungie needs to be doing is adjusting the price of their expansions, very much like ESO does. ESO, when it's been almost two years since something's been out, they drop the price of the expansion to like 10 bucks on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the per- I think it's fine to launch these at like you know 40 bucks or whatever you're launching them at these days and like oh if you want the if you want the season pass and like the dungeon pass included like yeah you're going to buy the deluxe version. You're going to buy the deluxe deluxe version. Um my pitch would be that after so for example like when Lightfall when the final shape comes out I think Lightfall should go from being like $40 as a standalone to being 20 permanently. Yeah. Um, we've seen that, you know, and it'll, it'll probably get rolled into a pack of, you know, uh, the past expansions. I think that's probably the way to go because that, that expansion pack should be the only way that you can get the expansions after the year that it's been out, in my opinion, that would cut down on so much shit right there. Right. And just have that at a fixed, like $25 entry for all the past expansions at that point. There is no reason to not do that. You're still going to get your money. People are going to be engaged. They're probably going to spend more money in game then. Um, and the dungeon pass bullshit. Once you get out of the year that the dungeons were available, stop charging for that dungeon pass. Yep. I don't think you should charge for the dungeon pass at all, personally. But if you're going to do it, I think that once you've gone through the calendar year, you shouldn't have to pay that fee anymore. Yeah. Again, that's my two cents. No, I am I I'm backseat. I'm backseat executiving here. But how dare if you. every other if every other MMO in the world can do this, why can't Bungie? Right. Yeah, why can't why can't Destiny 2? Um I you would have to do some ridiculous thing to make a monthly subscription even seem worth it. Because then you're gonna have established players complaining there's nothing for them there. And I think like with Fortnite it's a little bit different. I've seen some people debate this. Um Hydra actually says this right under Fortnite does it isn't too bad, but I still don't like the idea. Fortnite's is completely different. Fortnite is not an MMO. You are not paying for content with Fortnite. When you pay $10 for Fortnite club, you are getting the bet. You are getting access to the battle pass. You are getting an exclusive skin each month. You are getting variants for that skin for the next couple of months. You are getting the rocket league season pass as part of it. You are getting a thousand V bucks as part of it. You are getting, it is completely different for a game that only relies on microtransactions and skins versus one that is selling expansions, seasons, dungeons, etc. And they're two totally different styles of games, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's different than something like Warzone. You know, like we look at Warzone and uh, I've seen people be like, oh, you know, Warzone and Fortnite offer so many more cosmetics in their, in their passes compared to Destiny. Yes, Destiny's pass is still cheaper than... A Call of Duty pass. It is, or it's right about the same. I guess they're both eleven ninety nine now. With Destiny, you're paying for the seasonal content too. You are paying for seasonal stories. You are not just paying for cosmetics. That is essentially what these passes are: is cosmetics. Do I think the passes need to be better? Sure. I think there needs to be more brightness. I think that we could stand to get like you know eight hundred silver in a pass or something, especially for those of us who bought the season pass in advance, right? And who aren't going to be buying the pass anymore. Like, give us some to go spend in your shop. You know. Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, now we know with them missing 45% off on their projections, they're never going to do something like that. I don't think Sony would ever allow them to do something like that either. Right. Um, so it kind of, it, it walks a real fine line, in my opinion. So, um, any, any other thoughts on this? Um, where we're going to, we're going to dive more into like breaking down the pricing. I'm going to work a lot on it over the, over the break. Yeah. Um, we're going to, we're going to do some stuff in uh, probably February about the pricing on the game and the state of it. Yeah. I, I would, I'd rather wait till then to share okay. because I have a lot of thoughts, but I want to have like a whole conversation around it. Not just one question. Yeah. I do think pricing has been egregious lately and, uh, it needs fixed, but you know, like you said, <laughs> with their projections down or their, you know missing projections and owned by Sony. Now they're never going to never going to move it. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Um, and then Hydra has our final two questions of the night. Hydra. Um, <clears throat> cold sandwiches or hot sandwiches, hot sandwiches. It depends. Yeah. For me, it depends. That's fair. not, I'm not a fan of, I, I don't like my bread being crispy, which is my problem. Mm. Um, I actually really do like a cold sandwich. I'm a big fan. I like crazy sandwiches a lot. Big fan of cold sandwiches, especially if I'm getting like a lot of deli meat on it and I'm getting a lot of cold cuts. I want it to be a cold sandwich. I like warm sandwiches. If it's like an Italian sub, mm. I like that being warm. Mm. Um, Earl is kind of like my one major exception to the rule just because I like the style. Of it. But even that, like the bread can sometimes be a little too like flaky and crispy on the outside for me. Yeah. I don't like things where I've got like lots of like, hard crumbs falling mm. i don't like bread like that that like the texture of it really bothers me for some reason it always has since i was a kid. like just feeling something like that let alone like hearing the crunch like both just really really bother me mm. it's why i don't eat french bread i can't handle i can't do like the texture or the crunch of it i don't like it interesting um and then favorite grenades for strength and favorite grenades for a good time or a gimmick mm. i'm a big fan of sticky anything sticky that's what she said. Mm. Um, for strength and hates. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, favorite grenades for strength. I got. I got to go. I like vortex grenades a lot. Yeah. I'd be lying if I said I didn't like the uh, the solar nade spam that you can do with the uh, incendiary grenades. Yeah. Or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, I like both of those a lot. The the only reason I don't like the the grenade spam on uh warlocks on uh on wellock is because i can't see sometimes it, it, like it's like too much for me to process the other thing i will say is that i think that um for gimmicks uh storm grenades aren't that good on hunter but i really like using them anyways um i like raining lightning down it's just really fun to watch that and uh trip mines i mean i'm a hunter of course i like trip mines so trip mines those are always good. It's always a good time. You know what they should bring back? Proximity Mines. Goldeneye. I think one of the classes has them, but I'm not 100% you're, sure. You're done. You're done. You're done. The laptop gun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, we, have, we have a small lore corner before we get out of here tonight. Um, I'm going to warn you guys, there's not, there's not a lot of deep lore here. It's just, um, I think this is like, really like low-key one of like the most beautiful lore pieces that we've gotten in a really long time um it's a little bit of uh 
backstory to it, I guess. Um, Hazel is the writer who tackles a lot of Drifter and Eris at this point for Bungie, and they knocked it out of the park here. This is just the kind of like the culmination of their story that we've had since Arrivals in the lore. Huh. Um, this is from the uh, Glooming Journeyer Sparrow, which uh, is part of the season pass. Um, <laughs> we follow paths obscured. The path to the witness is within sight. We do not know what shape Riven's bargain will take, but I know that we too will not make that crossing. Drifter listened quietly as Eris spoke, her voice tense. The dark tendrils flowed thickly from beneath her bandage. I watched as those close to me edged towards oblivion, Eris said, her hands restless in her lap. Ikora, Mara, I am unused to helplessness. She looked at Drifter, her mouth a tight line. A tight line. When she spoke, it was in a ragged breath. It's happening again. We will be alone at the end. Drifter stood after a quiet moment. Eris watched him curiously. He reached out and took her by the hand. She rose, following his silent urging. Then he put his arms around her. She tensed. He began to step away, unsure, but then her arms came up and she clung to him for a desperate moment. She felt the words in his chest as he spoke again. I remember what you said. I think about it more than I should these days. What did I say? That we'll live in the night if we have to. We do it for what comes after. Eris nodded and sighed. The pair parted, but he kept a reassuring hand on her arm. So this is where you wish to be, she said cautiously. At the end of all things. Nowhere else. No more schemes to leave Seoul? He was quiet for a moment, then shook his head, smirking. Nah, he said and looked into her eyes, I'd miss the moonlight. That is hauntingly beautiful. And this is kind of the culmination of Drifter's entire story arc. You know, he comes in in Forsaken, painting himself as this big badass and this and that. And we've slowly chipped away at his character ever since then. And to reveal that Jermaine is a big old sweetheart underneath. He really, truly meant what he said, that he was there to prepare us to fight what was coming. That he was there to prepare us to fight the darkness. That Ga that was Gambit's entire purpose. And ever since Arrivals, him and Eris have had these interactions. She's gone from calling him Rat to Germain, and now probably Lover. He accepts her for who she is with no caveats. He likes weird things. He likes broken things in a lot of ways. And I think that's because Drifter himself is broken and he's been through a lot. You know, he's he has seen some shit. This is a guy who's been around since the Dark Age. And for once, this guy who we all had pegged as someone who was probably going to turn tail and run with the hall isn't doing it. Even in the dark future, he stays to help defend the tower and defend Earth. He doesn't run away. He still stays to fight. This has always been his destiny. And I think it's really telling that when she says the two of them will not make the crossing, aka they're not going through the portal, that leaves the question of who else who else stays behind, I think. And that's something to ponder over the next several months. Because we know Ikora makes the journey. Ikora is the one beyond a shadow of a doubt we know goes. Yeah. I would put money on, I mean, Keitel, I would guarantee goes. Zavala, 
pretty close to a guarantee as you can get. <clears throat> I would Osiris say and- I would say almost anybody that has some sort of maybe played a uh, role in the in the nightmares or anything related to almost the witch queen stuff. Like, which is why it's curious to me that Eris isn't the one making the journey. I think that the events of last season have left her very weak and very scarred. Yeah. I mean, you think about everything Eris has been through yeah. in her life. I mean, you even watch like her transform into the hive like that. Mm-hmm. That would take its toll on its own. And then her using the hive magic and, you know, using that to, you know, throughout the season probably took a huge toll on her. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked. I'm kind of shocked except for, you know, certain story points that, like, she survived the season. Uh, I think I think we all are. And I think this leaves questions if they both make it through. Somebody's not making out out of this. A few somebody's probably aren't. And I think a lot of us always had Eris pegged. I mean, on this very show, we've said we feel like Eris' story is done. Uh-huh. But I think just because somebody's story is done doesn't mean you have to kill them off. Yeah. Look at how Os- Osiris' story is basically over, and he still continued to contribute an awful lot. Saint Sark is technically done, and look how much he's still doing, you know? Yeah. That's why I so urgently want us to get Shaq's lore. Yeah. Shaq's story is not remotely done. We, we need to know about Shaq's in the past. We only have hints and whispers. If he dies before we get any Shaq story... <laughs> He'll just get a recast voiced actor. Oh, boy. So, Corey, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Yeah, uh, pretty uh, pretty informative episode, at least for once. <laughs> uh, won't have many more of those moving forward, but for a while. But uh, yeah, yeah, good episode. I can't. I'm excited to play the season though, just because it feels like it feels like the story and the event are moving in the right direction. Um, it's just sad that this season, that's you know, starting out great is uh gonna be seven months long so but anyways not time to dwell on that now josh what do you say we get out of here <laughs> let's get out of here Corey. i want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of tower casuals the destiny podcast remember to rate us and review us and subscribe to our youtube channel if you want to see our beautiful faces uh join the discord we'd love to have you there uh josh thank you for your time as well tonight as always where can we find you Twitter at Josh underscore Finn. I'm probably going to be panicking about how to play my backlog and uh, I'll be providing some critique of the game awards um, after they air. It will be airing while you record next week. So uh, we may interject if like some cool shit happens, AKA Indiana Jones gets shown. Yeah. Um, Basically if any big announcements that we're excited for, we're going to. Instead of having the, uh, the Seahawks game down in the bottom third of my screen, I'm going to have a Jeff, the Keeleys (laughs) at the Keeleys going. Oh man, I hope that security works. Uh, Jesus, you can find me at I am Corey in HD on social media. Um, yeah, I, that's it. That's that's the show. And thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye.